Hello, everyone, and welcome to Come on, Aline with Hannah and Karen, a podcast by two long-distance best friends from Germany and England. In the pod with us, you'll get a dose of what life is like in this coronavirus crisis with a healthy portion of humour. Some episodes are just the two of us, but we frequently have international guests providing fascinating insights into how the crisis is in different parts of the world. Stay tuned and enjoy. COVID-19, stuck in quarantine. Let's get on with the talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Come on COVID-19, here with Hannah and Karen. Yes, it's a very special day. Why is that, Hannah? We have our three-month anniversary. Woo! Woo! Yes. I just figured this out. <laughs> we did. It's the 14th of June, and that means three months of podcasting, and we recorded our 38th episode today. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, today, back with a, another fascinating Corona Worldwide episode for you all concerning coronavirus, racism, and Black Lives Matter. We mentioned before that we really wanted to talk about this and get people on um, to talk about this and we found the perfect people for it. Today we're recording actually from three different countries, Germany, the Netherlands and the UAE. Mm-hmm. And in the pod with us today are cousins Kai and Glenn. Um, you'll hear more of their story in a sec but they basically grew up together in Zimbabwe before you know moving on to other countries, first South Africa and later on different ones um, as we mentioned. We're not going to have a long intro today. Um, We're just going to jump straight into it to this really good conversation that we just recorded. And um, yeah. Yeah, these two were really great in educating the both of us. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to have the same impact on all of you listening as well, because there's so much to learn with this whole movement. And really is a wake up call nowadays. I think 2020 has been the year of reflecting and waking up to stuff and Black Lives Matter is definitely one that I mean it shouldn't be now that people are waking up to it but unfortunately it is and we can't wait any longer for to take action and tackle these racial injustices so that's why we wanted to use our platform to raise this awareness. Exactly let's give up the virtual stage to (laughs) Kai and Glenn. Hi guys, Kai Glenn, welcome. It's so good to uh, have you here with us and thanks for uh, taking some time to be with us here in the conversation. I know that, well Kai, you've been talking to Karen, but um, you guys don't know me me at all, um, both of you. So I'm Hannah, (laughs) I'm based in Berlin right now and I'm really happy to have you here in the talk. Um, And Kai, I think we actually met once in school. You tried to get me for one of those, um, what was it, fight for hunger things? Oh. Yeah, I remember your face. This is yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah like we've that. been talking from time to time. I don't know exact yeah. occasions, but we've been talking, yeah. When was the last what? time that you guys have talked to each other? Except probably on the phone the last two days, but... Uh, each other, like... Pretty much every day. Ah, <laughs> good. <Nice. laughs> To give a little bit of more of a context of the upcoming topics, maybe you could firstly tell us a bit about yourself, where you're both located right now, um, what you're doing, and maybe how you know each other. Ladies first, Glenn. 
so so I'm based in Dubai at the moment. Um, I'm primarily based in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, but I decided to come here just before the lockdown thing happened. Uh, my brother stays here, so I'm just like, yeah, I'm basically just chilling here and uh, working from here because I'm a software developer, so I can work from anywhere. Nice. So, yeah, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So I'm in Dubai. And, uh, okay, Kai, you go ahead with where you are and all that. <laughs> you didn't know what else to say, did you? Uh, well, I was gonna go into how we know each other, but yeah, that that's like you you my, you tell the you tell the story better. My expertise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm Kai. Um, I'm from uh, Zimbabwe, uh, just like Glenn, um, and I am part of the learning and development uh, department at Stenden now, uh, developing and creating curriculums, all that type of stuff, and. Yeah, I know Glenn because, uh, in fact, we're meant to be born together generally at the same time. And then I said no. And then I was born three months before. So I was premature because I couldn't take the risk. I was like, nah, I had to be the oldest. Um, and <laughs> we've, and then basically I then had to wait for him for another three months until he was born. <laughs> and then uh, we've basically been uh, stuck like glue ever since. So um yeah, that's basically how we know each other. He is, he has no authority in our relationship. Let that be known. But, um, <laughs> but he's all right. He's, he's all right guy. He's respected. The way you told the way the way you told the story makes it seem like we're supposed to be twins, and then yeah. you got born, and then you got born like we're in the same womb. That's how it sounds. <laughs> Did, I thought that at first. I was like, wait. I to, be fair, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. We might as well, we might as well be in the same room. We might as well, we might as well. <laughs> but his, his, mom and my, his mom and my dad are siblings. Right, okay, yep. Oh, no, no, sorry, my mom and, and his dad. Sorry, it's by the way around. Such a close family, it doesn't matter. You're basically brothers. Yeah, so. I was like, I, when do we become like, <laughs> like that? <laughs> when? Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, basically us, yeah? Yeah. Where did you yeah. grow up together? In, In Zim Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long? So then, How long? Yeah. Uh, how long was it, Glenn? Until I was 13, maybe? 14? Yeah, Kai left Zim when he was uh, like 13, yeah. Yeah. And okay. then I, I stayed on and then left when I was 19. Okay. For what yeah. So where did you go at 13? Yeah. I, I, oh, you, you went to Joburg, right? Yeah, I went okay. to South Africa. So I started my um, my high, my school life in, in my high school life in South Africa just after my okay. primary school in Zimbabwe, because uh, that was around the time where things were going bad. So um, the economy real was tanking, um, like real bad. As in, we actually we just escaped just before the worst economic collapse in Zimbabwe. You know where the inflation rate was uh, like seventy thousand percent at some stage where the price of bread would change when you take it at the till. Well, when you take it at the shelf to the till, the price of bread would literally change. It was that type yeah, of Yeah, the price was, was extremely dynamic. Yeah. 
so they didn't even put the prices on the on the on the items. They just you had find the out when you get to the till. <laughs> yeah, you find out at the till. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, it was mad crazy. Uh, of which it's 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 uh, d- uh, it was different before because we lived actually very 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 uh, uh, I can say comfortable lives because Zim was very much strong economically. Um, when you know during our formative years as we're growing and all of that and then when we had to leave it was literally because the economy was tanking and we had to leave um or else we'd be trapped type of thing so yeah that's what happened that's why we just we left it we left at that time and then glenn and them were soldiering on for a few more years but yeah yeah, I mean, my dad was working outside the country since uh, yeah. since I was like eight, so so he could at least do that. And then my mom, and then yeah. everyone else was in Zim, and then um, yeah, so so that that's why we 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 kind of like managed to stay on. Yeah. Okay. Also, it's 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 important to note that his parents are, are significantly older than my parents, and Glenn is the last right. born in the family, and I'm the first born in mine. So. Um, yeah like because my my dad is younger than his 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 mom if you understand mm-hmm. what I'm, so it was always an issue of my dad is uh always seeking advice so my dad and mom were always seeking advice from glenn's mom and dad and then mm-hmm. i basically you know grew up within their care as well so that's why we're so close yeah. because of that connection he was the closest to my age that we had and we're in the same space and then we just just like I like that guy. I like the same things too. So he has a big head, but he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. Give me that credit. Oh, that's a very interesting, like connection and story. That's a childhood yeah. background story in the end. Yeah. 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 yeah we uh, finish each other's sentences sometimes. It's crazy. It's weird. It's uh, it should be banned. More more often than than normal. Like it happens a bit too much. <laughs> like on text, we're like, like we're texting and then we text the exact same thing. We're like, what the hell? It's your twin tele- telepathy. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys sound like me and Karen. We, yeah, we even had matching, uh, matching basketball outfits as like five-year-olds. That was Yeah, like, Michael that, Jordan, Michael Jordan kids. That was probably <laughs> the uh-huh. most... The worst thing, the worst thing that our parents would ever do to children, make them wear matching outfits. Hannah's like, no, no, of course not. No, that's cute. No, I don't, I don't think kids should be like put in any, kids should do what they want. Don't dress them up or don't do anything to them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks for sharing that background story. Okay. So you asked closest me and Karen to summarize. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you had a well very interesting first well few years of your life yes. in that sense and you've been moving around a lot and now Glenn you're saying you're in Dubai like are you in the Netherlands yeah yeah that's yep. that's been a lot but we'll we'll catch up uh catch up on that later again I guess but um I want to dive straight into the topic um it's 2020 it's 2020 now <laughs> yeah um, that has been quite something. Um, corona, the movement, uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Just general question for you guys. How have you been doing the last month? Like, very yeah. Glenn, you start. Sorry. Okay. 
Uh, how have I been the last month? Last month actually hasn't been as bad as the month before in Dubai because things are normalizing a little bit. So, uh, so I mean, we can go to the mall, we can um, walk around pretty much. You just need your mask and gloves. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, and then on me, on, for me on a personal note, uh, in terms of work, it hasn't really changed because, like I said, I, I can work remotely uh, and I was working remotely before. So I don't have to go to the office and my office is in South Africa anyway. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it hasn't really changed that much. Um, but in terms of life in Dubai, it's actually, yeah, it's actually uh, been improving in terms of just being able to do stuff. Uh, so the only thing that we can't do really is stuff like playing sports. Um, yeah, so until that ends up being allowed, then I think then we'll have proper normalcy, obviously with masks still, but yeah. Okay, can people travel to Dubai again? Um, I think, I, I, know, I, know, I, know it's, I know Emirates is flying, um, flying out to places that allow it. So, for example, South Africa is not allowing it yet. Mm. So, so it's not flying to, to South Africa. But then at, at the same time, the flights are extremely expensive because they still have to do the social distancing thing, mm. meaning they have to still make their money somehow. So each ticket becomes basically, I don't know, times three, four, five, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, so it's quite expensive to travel at the moment. So if you don't have to, you shouldn't. But luckily for me, uh, with my visa situation, yeah, uh, because of the situation, they extended all the visitors visas to end of December. So okay. that means I can, I can, yeah, I don't have to extend it uh, myself. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And what's your plan? Are you going to stay there? You, you want to stay in Dubai now to the end of the year? Or? Uh, I could, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice. Plus, I'm not paying rent, so that always helps. <laughs> that's always good, yeah. Reload. <laughs> you know, I'm just but doing I think dishes. So I think that's a fair trade. You're about that's to hit the summer trip. month, though, right? So that's going to get yeah. super hot. So you can see, is, maybe change is, your mind in a month or so. <laughs> but. It is. I just, I just have to stay indoors for the, for the most part, and I'll be all right. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah it, it's actually started getting really hot. So, But so on, like, on the flip side, Cape Town is getting cold. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah, which better. one do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess now would be the time to explore Dubai more since you've been... I guess you were told to socially distant and like try to stay inside. And now that it's yeah. getting super hot, <laughs> you want to go outside exactly. and explore. Now, yeah. You know, guys, I actually have a, a, a quick question with this Corona. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'd, I'd like you guys to be as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. So we have so many rules. Can you guys see me properly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. We have so many rules, uh, like such as 1.5 meters, right? But the 1.5 meter rule is, it's a guideline, right? Because it doesn't make any sense to anybody. Because everyone cries about being 1.5 meters apart, yet everyone walks right past each other all the time, every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I get when people say, obviously, the, the distance, then you have to, uh you have to have a conversation so you know people are talking back and forth and this and that and it's different to someone that's maybe next to you or this and that 
but those margins are way smaller. So for me, I just, how do you guys find it? Do you guys follow these rules? Do you guys do your best to keep at it? Do you forget about it often? Is it, you know? Mm, I think that's rough to answer for me. I think, you know, me and Karen have been talking about it a lot. I think Karen's frozen, by the way. I hope she, she still hears yeah. us. <laughs> um, I'm looking at her, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I should take the screenshot right now, but I don't know. We've been trying to like tell everyone on the podcast, like guys, stay safe and like, just start trying to stick to regulations. We don't know what's really happening, but let's just like, you know, do the best for everyone. Um, not just for our own safety, but I, I guess we've been more casual. And to be honest, as you say in the aisles or like in the supermarket, like Corona also goes sideways, you know? So just because you, <laughs> just, we've been talking about this before, like just because you um, have the distance between the person in front of you, but if you walk through the aisle, you have the person right next to you. Whereas, exactly. Where does it make sense here? And, and also if clothes are like uh, one of the, the, the carrying vessels, then when you bump someone all the time or someone's trying to move and you do this and you do that. So I want to know like the people that, intensely um believe in every single protocol do they also follow the protocol 100 percent? because it's just not possible because it it just depends on other people around you as well and and yeah i, I don't know i just find that uh, a little bit rich when a lot of people really complain no you distance you're not keeping distance ah you're not doing this and i'm like but didn't you just walk past kevin it's, it's okay then <laughs> but yeah it's yeah it's 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 a weird one for me but anyways you can continue i was just saying yeah. no it's a, it's a good point i think and that's that's what the whole thing also made it so uncertain and weird to all of us isn't it that we all don't know what's going on there's conspiracy theories then there is just some people really in fear some people have like already underlying issues with their health and then are in fear of that Nobody knows what's going on. And then those regulations don't seem clear. So I guess um, that's also why I asked you guys, like, how have you been affected and, and what have you guys been feeling about all this? Yeah, yeah no, it's, 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 it's also from my side, it's been great because I like working from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Phenomenal. But also I think it's made us realize how much unnecessary things that we have that we don't need, actually. Um, and such as? Um, such as we don't need to touch each other in a grocery store. We don't need to spend three hours in a grocery store. Why? You're going there to buy groceries. You get in, you get your stuff, and you get out. Thank you very much. And that's perfect because now people go in, they get their groceries, they get out. It's not a place of chat. It's not a place of touching every single product five times, looking at it, looking underneath it. Nah, just... Do you want milk? Do you want eggs? Do you want cereal? Do you want snacks? This And the thing is, you generally know the stuff you're buying and yet to still mm -hmm. spend 10 hours in the, sh sh in, 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 in the soup. No, I like that. It's good. People are doing things quicker now, more efficient. Um, and um, yeah, I just think something should stay forever. Just I've definitely forever. noticed that actually with the, with the shopping, like, now I'm really only going like once or twice a week to do like a big food shop rather yeah. than before. Even if I did a big food shop, I'd just be like, okay, I just need to pop out and get, I don't know, this and get exactly. that. And it's like, no, you, yeah. you don't need yeah. it. Like figure out what you have in your house. <laughs> so I've definitely noticed a change with that with me. But what yeah. I find 
especially in the Netherlands, what I found very strange, like going back to the one and a half meters thing, is mm-hmm. like they were advising that, but then they were keeping things open where people can accumulate like markets and stuff, which yeah. I get because it's obviously supporting like the local farms and local businesses. And I love it. So I was still going, but then I was the first day I went, I was wearing a mask still, even though it's not, you don't have to, but I was like, yeah, I want to. And everyone's just, they, they had distanced it, but it was still like nothing was happening. I just didn't get it. <laughs> I just, I just thought, yeah. And that's when I well, get annoyed they... when like, why are you complaining if you're also being the, the problem? You know, like yeah, I didn't really complain. Cal- I was just like, this though. is strange. But then I, I just the, like the cultural thing as well. I think, yeah. With the Dutch with the wearing masks at the market. No, no with really. the with, you know, you know, Dutch people have this thing. Uh, sorry to all Dutch people in the world, but um, there's they they also find it very difficult. They they find it very difficult to to understand when exactly. I don't know how to explain it. You know what? I'll explain it later. Let me, because I don't want to sound super offensive. Because <laughs> I just said Dutch people. I know they're listening. <laughs> oh my god! Now we'll get back to well, it. Well, I think. I, no, I do get what you mean. I, I feel like I know what you're trying to say in that, like, it almost, like, it doesn't affect them. Like, they yeah. have this, like, aura that they just... Exactly. Aura. Like, That's exactly life goes what on and is. Yeah, because I remember, like, back in March, so when it was really, like, you know, heating up in the Netherlands and across Europe, and this person texted me and was like, I'm having a birthday party next weekend. And I was like, thanks for inviting me but I don't know if I'm gonna come and he was like oh yeah like he was Dutch and he, yeah it doesn't matter like life goes on I was thinking yeah life goes on but it doesn't mean I want to have a house party with like so many people like right in the beginning of corona when it was like obviously much more serious oh, yeah. than it is now and, he, and then about a week later I remember I was telling Hannah and Hannah was like no and you don't go Karen week, you don't go there <laughs> And then about a week later, he was like, yeah, the birthday party is being postponed um, just due to certain things going on. And I was like, yeah, because it's just, I think it is that it's that our life, life goes on. I do get, you have to have that life goes on attitude, but not necessarily. But it's always life goes on here because there is that inherent feeling that they are untouchable because the world goes on, the world goes on around the Netherlands. If you understand what I'm saying, yeah, the Netherlands yeah. Are, are not a part of the world, but the world really just happens. It everything just all happens around the Netherlands, and the the yeah. thing is, people here, if you find, they are always informed about the news around elsewhere because there actually yeah. isn't a real core of news here because not enough here happens. But speaking about life goes on, um, did you guys also feel like this is a chance to, you know, assess the future a little and like get on with, I don't know, projects that you had? I know, Kai, you've been doing the music and yeah, listen, yeah. just listen to it. Um, but, you know, did you have the feeling that this is a chance to get on with uh, certain things? Yeah, I, I did. I don't know about you, Glenn, but I, I definitely did. I was, uh, for example, um, I did the, the, the album. Um, it's called Tasting Menu, by the way. I'm plugging mm-hmm. it right now as we speak. Tasting Menu out <laughs> on all platforms. Go listen to it. Um, cut this part. Cut this part. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Better not cut this. Better not cut this. <laughs> um, 
but what I was saying is <laughs> I, man- I managed to get through that as well and, and it's something which I didn't want ever to do but because of quarantine I just decided oh wait you know I've got some music to to work on and then and then I released it so I was able to do some stuff um Glenn yeah so I I, I also have a podcast actually um mm-hmm. called Amateur Opinions so I, I was so I actually started it with a friend of mine called Easy and we so we were both, we were both in Cape Town at the time I think that was like 2017 maybe uh, but then we'd only do it when we were together. Uh, so we ended up moving to Joburg, to Johannesburg. So we, had, we weren't really doing it anymore that often. And then I decided to continue it in Cape Town during like having guests, kind of like what you guys did right now. So mm-hmm. I'd have a guest on and then I'd do it. So easy, kept on saying we should do it. Um, we should also do it remotely, right? So we ended up buying equipment, but I wasn't really keen on doing it remotely because I liked the... Mm-hmm. Um, the person-to-person conversation. Yeah, face-to-face. Face-to-face, right. And then, so when quarantine happened, I had no choice. Plus, I was in Dubai as well. So I I, I literally, who am I? I don't know anyone yet. So we we started doing it remotely and realized, actually, this actually kind of works. Like, there's no big difference. So so that's one thing that I've learned. So I've managed to keep on uh, producing my, my podcast every week with him. Uh, so it's been, good. it's been pretty good. Yeah. So you guys are really a good example of like just getting on with certain things, like yeah. the album, the podcast. Yeah, yeah you've um, got to. You've got to. Yeah, you got yeah. to Max- maximize your time because the time that we had is time that we're never gonna have. In uh, or, or rather, of course, all time is time we're never gonna have again. But I just mean that amount of in this manner. Yeah. Yeah, in this manner, uh, where I don't think there's any other time in your life where. It's gonna be like stop working just now for a few months. Just relax for. We'll pay you, but just calm down. I know it's not like that everywhere, but for those that are lucky enough to have that type of situation or a situation where they're like, nah, please work from home, and you get to have your coffees and your children and your tea and your you know popcorn while you're working, that's something that we we're never gonna have. So I think using our time effectively is. Is, is, is the only way you can do it. That's a good point because uh, it, right now it's not about you working for eight hours. It's about you getting shit done. So yep. if you, yeah, if you don't have to, you know, to do your eight hours, but you get what you're supposed to do done, then that actually gives you more time. And at the same time, you're also not traveling, you know? So yep. there's no, there's no commutes. So yeah, there's a lot more time that you can actually do stuff yeah. if you, and if you're not you, actually you tired properly. Yeah. yeah. You're not actually tired from people. You're not tired from, cause I think just an interaction tires you out. Like just, just a two second interaction, because if it's an angry interaction, if it's a um, stressful interaction, if someone just says, Hey, you're ugly on the side of the street, that interaction's yeah. already got you. Like you're already like, ah, yeah. now I've got to go through the day knowing that I'm ugly. That that's that's, that's what I do. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, it's it's it, it definitely um it, it is a good amount of just good time. It's nice time yeah. to just mm-hmm. do whatever. Quality time. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, speaking of like this, yeah, amount of time that in this manner we're not gonna have again. I feel like the world has also opened up to 
or opened their eyes to a lot of other things that have been happening for years and years. Um, and now it's actually like people are sitting down and realizing, oh, we can't like look away from this anymore because you know, you can't travel, you can't go on holiday and distract from like world problems by sitting by the pool and you can't go like on your commute and stuff. So you're, you're just sitting at home and you're faced with a lot that's going on in the world. Mm. So um, I guess that could bring us on to like the next and maybe even the main part of this uh, talk that we'll have about like the Black Lives Matter movement, because I think that's really what the world has woken up to in yeah. recent months, weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy how a movement that was started years ago has been woken up to now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I wanna yeah, I wanna ask you guys how you feel about it. Quick intro um from why why like also how we've been with this. So when this all came up, right? Speaking of Corona as well, um, with uh, starting with George Floyd's death, and uh, so many videos were made publicly, uh, horrifying videos um, from similar in incidents in the past, but also new ones. Speaking of the Amy Cooper video, um, you know, really like this is reality kind of thing. It was all over the world, and you know, me, me and Karen being like <clears throat> anti-racist and actually like really trying to support everyone, being loving and respecting people. Um, found this quite shocking and um, you know like when you sit inside for a lot of time especially in corona times being faced with uncertainties and suddenly this comes up and you're still like sitting there like what is happening like I'm embarrassed of my fellow humans this is like we're disappointed um, in humanity in that sense and we're sad and we're saying this and <laughs> it's actually like a privileged thing to say because we are not being faced with with everything that's coming at you know black people and that's like we're sitting safely behind our screens and suddenly being so shocked but we were so we were quite sad about what's happening disappointed and frustrated mm -hmm. and angry but then that's why i'm asking you like how was that for you this whole burst of happenings so so the recent burst yeah uh it was it was it was i was more angry than anything especially for me, it was more of the, just the event, the, um, the one that triggered everything, which was the George Floyd one, right? So, I mean, everyone, like even the racists would say that was messed up, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. So that was, that was messed up. But, um, but like Kai said, he was like, I mean, there's another point to it, uh, which is a bit conspiracy theorist vibe to it, which is why it blew up in this manner because i mean these things have been happening right where a black guy is killed by a cop for the past four years and the last time it blew up like this was 2016 and then it's blowing up again now uh so so it kind of it kind of feels like black lives matter yes and at the same time we're kind of being used as well by the media mm -hmm. in a political for for like political gain you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yes, Black Lives Matter, and you guys are saying it, but at the same time, you're using our, you know, misfortune and plight to further your own political agendas. So it feels so. That's that's another. That's I, that actually makes me even more angry as well, because mm -hmm. I'm like, flip, man, like you can't catch a break, because mm -hmm. you know, because the media always as, as soon as the political cycle 
election cycle, sorry, is approaching again, it blows up like crazy. And then just for just for the black vote, you know what I mean? In in America at least. And then obviously then spills over to the other like the rest of the countries in a more genuine manner, which is cool. So but, but yeah. you know what what Glenn is saying is actually as 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 because I actually find it weird because when people use the word the, the words conspiracy theory, they're basically just trying to demean an argument, right? So they're trying to say, I actually don't want to think any further with what you're saying right now. And it sounds like what you're saying is ridiculous. Therefore, I'm not going to go with it. Therefore, that's yeah. a conspiracy theory. So I think, and, and what an actual conspiracy theory is, is very different to what everyone labels a conspiracy theory. Um, and in this case, you can understand that if you've noticed the one person that's been quiet about race, right? The one person that's been quiet about the real issue has been Trump, right? And it's, it's funny when you see it because it distracts from all the other things which we need to be looking at if we're looking at an election that is coming, that is coming up soon, right? Things like foreign policy, things like what is happening in the Middle East, all of those things which the real questions have been answered, things like coronavirus, all those things are now not being asked to him, right? Mm -hmm. Those things are now almost a, a side note to what happens with the Black Lives Matter movement. And there were actually people talking about how Black Lives Matter movement was actually infiltrated by a lot of politicians, white politicians as well, that are trying to use it for their own gain. So now people are focused on this, and yet we have an election going on. And the people that are complaining, remember, only make up the minority of the American population. So if you distract the main issues that affect everyone and you just allow the small minority who cannot actually make such a big footprint in the voting, in the voting polls as everyone else, then you are winning. And it's so obvious because when you have a president who doesn't address such obvious issues straight on, then those are the only types of explanations that you can say. So, you know, I'm, I'm not actually surprised by, you know, the fact that it's only blowing up now. It just doesn't make sense to me because actually the reason why Black Lives Matter started is because of George Floyd. So, and when I say George Floyd, I mean, because the same thing that happened to him happened to the first person. That's literally what, why it started. You get killed by a cop and then everyone gets mad about it. Um, so why is it that now only, you know? And I also have a little bit of a problem with the fact that every time we refer to this, we're using Black Lives Matter. We already know that this is a commercialized tool, right? Yeah. yeah. And that is where all of our hashtags are going. How have we been re redirected into Black Lives Matter is actually what we're doing here worldwide. You know, it's, it's so weird. I don't. I, I just. I just. I just don't get it. And 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 it's so clear that there is some sort of political bias when it comes to Black Lives Matter, and there's something pushing it. You know. Um, but yeah, my feelings are just anger as well. You know. Just How anger. Mm. Just straight up anger because I cannot argue with a racist person because a racist person cannot empathize with me because they are racist. Mm -hmm. So how do I begin to argue? with someone who's not empathizing with me. It's because they don't understand my issues. So at what level are we arguing at? And that's what you find a lot with Facebook arguments, with Twitter arguments, with 
those types of things because you're like dude can you just sit and understand what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. and it's like no, no 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 i can understand what you're saying but 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 yeah and i'm like but why is there you you can't say about- yeah you can't say keep a statue of a slave trader and then say but afterwards no no, no that's a full stop right like yeah. you should you need to say destroy the statues full stop not destroy the statues but wait they actually represent history so please keep them so they can remind us everything no just no yeah very interesting you mentioned that actually because that's something that's going on especially in london at the moment yeah and the uk with the whole there's protests for the black lives matter and then there's now anti-protests for keeping up monuments of history and it's yeah i just I, I was having this conversation with someone yesterday and I I was just straight up, I was like, I'm unsure about it because yeah, it is history. That was my like naivety. I was like, it's history. But he was, the person I was speaking to was saying, yeah, it's, they might have like, the, these people, like a person might have done good things in his life, even as a slave trader, like they could also have done good things. And then he said, but compare it to, for instance, Hitler, right? Like Hitler was an awful person, but like, in the time of the war, so just like, yeah, um, Germany actually made a lot of like technological progressions and like, you know, from that aspect, they did a lot of good things. But the man at the lead was an awful person. If you, you wouldn't put up a statue of Hitler now and say, well, he did this bad <laughs> built thing, the Autobahn, but he was also yeah. good because he did like, yeah, he yeah. built the Autobahn, so that's really good, right? But imagine, and that, that really like, I sat down and I was like, whoa. And that, you know, it's with just, that, it, yeah. You know, Karen, with that, I, I always just say, it's this is actually a very simple concept to understand, right? Why does why do people get statues? What is the reason? Why do so few people in a lifetime get statues? And why is it so revered when someone gets a statue? Because it's the mm-hmm. ultimate gratification that you've done the best job possible, something beyond mm-hmm. beyond what anyone could ever you know uh fathom right that's why you get a statue made right so none of these people in history slave trade owner this person that all those people at their time were seen to have been doing a fantastic thing Mm -hmm. therefore they got a statue now they represent all the bad and all the dark that we're trying to erase right so why do I now have to be confronted with seeing a slave trade owner on a statue when the laws, because slavery was actually a, it was legal. So clearly not all laws are moral. So why do I need to now see someone who was literally kidnapping and raping and killing and all of this, my people, when you, you were telling me I should learn from history, but this is my history. <clears throat> and that's what a lot of white people don't understand that your history is killing and slavery and colonization my history is experiencing that colonization and that killing so why won't you listen to me you know and 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 that's the thing why won't you listen to me and i've seen a lot of people in london going absolutely mental like you know they're going mental and it's like but why are you here so you they're here to march against people that want the right thing they're not there because they have an idea or an ideal or a concept. No, they're just there to, dis- to disrupt. And 
and I don't know where humans are going to at, at, at that stage. Yeah. I mean, sta- statues, statues are an interesting thing, right? Like, <clears throat> like you said, at the time where, where he did all these things, um, uh, it was, it was, it was fine. It wasn't like, it was a horrible thing, but it, it was legal, right? It was yeah. the norm rather. So I'm thinking like a lot of, a lot of, if we, if we take that precedent, I think a lot of statues would go down. Uh, maybe, maybe except for Nelson Mandela, but that's about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because every, every great leader had to, there was always bloodshed. And even, even in, in just human history, that's kind of like how, how things were. That's how you got. <clears throat> the counterpoint, down. the counterpoint to that would be, was racism a part of those people's history? And right now and that's the thing right now we're talking about you know a inherently racist culture that we have for a long long time and we're talking about that right and if we have to look at literally that if people weren't slaughtered and killed based on the color of their skin then i'm not hearing it at this moment all i'm just trying to say is if there's a slave trade owner as a statue take it down because it's representing something and and even glenn like you're saying a lot of statues they have to go down. Fine. If a lot of statues of people that raped, killed, um, all of that, mass murder and all of that, if those statues are going down, then they should go down. Because yeah. that doesn't negate history. It doesn't mean that we don't know history because history can still stay in the history books. History can stay with the historians. History can stay in museums and, 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 and all of that. But for a purpose. So we can see, because... Yeah, right now, you know, those statues don't represent, they, they literally represent just dark times. Yeah. They, they don't represent what everyone felt or how everyone experienced, right? Just like we have monuments built of the people or monuments and, 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 and things built to represent the struggle and the bloodshed that people experienced. Like mm. in, in, in Germany, for example, right? So we have from the views of you know the jewish people and we look at and we celebrate the times they went through we don't celebrate the man who put them through those times despite whatever he did yeah and that's the man that that's the for me that's the wider point over here why don't we have tombs and stuff of slaves that did something 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 and we you know showing our gratification for that why do we have the guy who tied their legs together and tied their arms together and whatever and threw them down the river. Why, why do we have those types of representation? Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense why, because it's, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like in, in Zim, right? Like we took down the statues of the, colon, of the colonizers. Yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and it's our country. So I don't, I don't expect United States or something to have, uh, to, or rather for the default, to, for for them to have the slave, like you're saying, like the slave statue or something, as a default, I can see it as a reform, but as a default, obviously, because the people who are doing these things, with, like who are slave owners, are the ones who built America. So you can understand that initially, that those are the statues that have, uh, and they may be later on as the country becomes becomes more diverse and it affects more people, uh, as you know there's still black people or or in your case in in the netherlands i've seen your facebook posts about so what's that blackface thing they do oh yeah 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 Yeah, that one 
So, yeah, so if, 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 if the country hadn't become diverse with people like you coming into the country, then they'd still have it because it doesn't affect anyone there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I didn't they, even know they about They do it. still have and it. I'm, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, but I'm saying you're, you're speaking against it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I see a lot of people actually, from your posts, end up saying, oh, flip, I actually didn't realize that it was this messed up, that kind of thing. So you are making a difference, even though if, it's, if it starts off as minute, you know? So, yeah. so I kind of understand why the default would be that, because that's what they know, and... Mm. No, of course, anyone. you're right. And that's also, that is still part of the problem. That's what they know. And that inability to be able to empathize with people who have experienced generations of this is my general problem around it. You can't say you want to protect a statue just because it represents your history. You have to have the conversation. And my problem is we can't have a conversation if you're not understanding my point of view. Of course, I understand your point of view because I've lived it my whole life. I've learned your history from your point of view, right? They always say history is written from the point of view of the victor, right? And that's the history I've learned, right? The, the schools that I've gone to have told me what history is good for me to know, right? So, hey guys, please only learn Cold War. That's good for you guys, right? But then again, if you have to learn about colonization from a white teacher, from a white book, well, from a book written by a white person, published by a white-owned company, right? Then at which stage are we learning the accuracy of, of, of history and, and, and what it really is like? And that's why I'm saying people need to see that, that our education in history is not complete enough. It's not well-rounded enough. It's not full accurate representation of what happened. And the only way we can do that is by first listening to others who have been a part of what's going on, who have experienced it, whose parents and grandparents and granddaddies and whatever were a part of it. Let them share their experiences, you know? And the biggest yeah. um, problem with that one actually was, if you remember, Glenn, I tagged you on a post, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, uh, son, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, he tweeted something. Uh, on on Twitter, and and he was basically just saying uh, he was basically saying something about the riots, um, you know, almost to the effect that this is kind of justified because we this is what is needed for change to happen, type of thing. And then a white person um, replies and says, "Your dad would have never wanted anything like that." Blah blah blah. You need to stop talking. So now you've got some random guy telling. Martin Luther King's son, what his ideas were, right? Firstly, I understand what the white guy was trying to say. I get what he was trying to say, which is the part of the problem, the misinformation, the lack of ability to understand what is being said is a part of it. Martin Luther King Jr.'s son wasn't saying that violence is the right way. He wasn't saying that his dad said that, but he was saying that his dad says that this is happening as a result of systemic oppression and, 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 and racism and all of that. This is why it's happening and you can't complain when it then happens. That's what he was saying. But then you have someone else who doesn't even want to empathize. He doesn't even want to understand. All he wants to do is just give his point. And how can you then have the balls to, to literally tell the guy's son what his ideals were 
when you were not in his house every day only right. so that it can suit your narrative stop looting stop protesting because it's a bad thing because martin luther king said so but you haven't even begun to understand what his what he was trying to say yeah. and that for me is the main problem the fact that i get it why people need the history everyone needs the history to know where it comes from but is that really why we have the history or do we have the history to continue having this control over people of color for white supremacy to continue is that why we need to keep this history to remind people like me that i'm facing the statute this is exactly what my people did to you that's what that statue reminds if you ask me what that statue means to me that's what i'll tell you yeah, yeah the statue is so looking down at you and that's just absolutely discriminating we're putting up in a public place that exactly you know people go and, to and, yeah. to remember worship maybe you know like this has been history no like this is not something exactly. you take a picture in front yeah. of let me tell if, if, if i'm part if of your country history, let me tell you what history i want if your country is going to be diverse and is going to need people like me contributing to its economy then you're going to have to start you know uh taking the measures yeah. to to actually make us more comfortable and you know take down those those racist statues Right. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the statues, so the internet, of course, like brought up a lot of like tips for everyone. Like, this is how to like support the movement or you know support the black community. Like, educate yourself, of course. First of all, listen, but um, start the conversation. Um, have did you realize that people have been doing so? Except like us, for example, we're a good example now. We got into a conversation with you, but um, some of your friends or you know extended family and whatever it is have have you guys realized that people re uh, reached out to you yeah during the past days yeah i've had so many people send me some dms like yo listen i get what you're saying bruh or you know i was blind to this fact or i you know um and that's also not even me you know asking for anyone anyone's opinion because whatever i say on facebook i ain't asking for anyone's opinion i'm just literally giving you mine uh you can digest or not and you know and and for me that's that's a big thing um because those people are now prepared to empathize and then have a conversation they're not we're not having a shouting match we're not having a blame game um just like I would hope that uh, you two ladies don't feel like I'm attacking you personally, of which that's, that's exactly what I'm always trying to tell people. Listen, if you're a racist, I'm attacking you. If you're not, I'm not. It's that simple. I'm only attacking racist white people. And that's it. Um, and a lot of people fail to understand that, but a lot of people do get it as well, you know, and, and I'm happy about that. That's... It's a good thing at least it allows us to have conversation but it's generally a lot of young people as well um if you if you're 35 and above nah you ain't you ain't turning you ain't turning <laughs> <laughs> you, you gone nah <laughs> too far gone uh, nah like and and it's funny because those types of people that you have if you have and this is what i was saying with the last time that white people have never had to have a logical proper argument with anybody in history they've just dropped guns on them right now we're out here and we're saying let's have an argument you sit over there i sit over here 
you tell me your point of view, I tell you my point of view. And now that's way too much. That's too much because the systems were built for us never to get to the stage. The systems were built so that we can't have this conversation, right? Now all of a sudden it's, oh, wait a second, these guys have caught up and now they're even smarter and they're talking sense. So that's why you hear every racial con conversation or argument is not logical. It doesn't actually make sense. Like the racist person is saying something, you're like, huh? What, what, what are you on about? What, 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 what does that mean? Um, and, and that's what you find now. And, and, and I'm so happy that for a lot of people, you can, people can now see it. Racism doesn't have a logical argument. Simple as that. Just doesn't. We shouldn't even be talking about this. We shouldn't have exactly. a podcast. We shouldn't have this movement. We should, we should yeah. be going on worrying about Corona, bacon, banana bread. Exactly. Yeah. Glenn, how has that been for you the last weeks? And have people reached out to you? And how has that been to nah, me? I've, I've, had, I've had zero reach outs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, Kai is very active in terms of that, in, in, in speaking on, especially on Facebook. So yeah. um, plus... Uh, plus, he, he had way more white friends than I did. So, um, yeah, I, I mostly had black friends. Uh, yeah. So, I guess... But that's, that's interesting then to have this contrast, to be honest. And then... Yeah, yeah. So, I haven't <laughs> had... Yeah, I haven't had, like, yeah. reach out. I mean, I, have, I do have white friends and all, but... Um, yeah, no. Do you... Would you have wished for that? Being very honest No, no. I, I actually haven't even thought about it. <laughs> Glenn's like, nah, nah, I'm good with y'all. Like, nah. <laughs> because Kai, Kai knows me. Like, it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm way more laid back than he is. So even in a restaurant, he's, he would flip out on the manager. I wouldn't. So it's like, <laughs> so he's that guy. So black so <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm more laid back. So I, I don't know. So I hadn't even thought of before. Like you, you asked the question. I hadn't even thought about like flip. No one's reached out. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. hey, you know. And you know, can I just say something, Hannah? Just for yeah. my white people out there, because I heard this thing the other day. Um, I heard someone say something to me like, they said to me, "I don't see color." And and while I get that, because that is a very flowery thing to say. That is probably one of the most German things to say, actually. I think, Hannah, you've heard it probably a million times. I'm sure you've said it. Or someone has said it. And the sentiment I get, right? But what I need people to start seeing is color. I would That's agree to that. Yeah, I don't agree to, way. yeah. That's the only way we're going to deal with this. Because so when you say I don't see color, it means, oh, there's an issue over there. And I'm actually not going to do anything about it because I can't see it. But it's there. You can see it, right? Yeah. So a policeman has his knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And you're like, whoa, that's bad. But tomorrow I got to go to work. And then you turn a blind eye and you continue right along, right? Because actually, I don't want to see hate. I don't want to see bad things in the world. I only want to see the good. So I'm going to ignore the bad. That's exactly what that statement means. So I don't want to see color. I don't want to see the bad in color right so you will ignore the bad and then you will only try and look at this so-called good which can't exist if the bad hasn't been fixed so um i i just urge a lot of people to understand that we're not saying that people should all be the same and should all look the same and should all 
be like that. No, we're just saying that all people should be seen as people that have the same chance in life, right? And, um, you know, if we look at the way that our systems have been built, obviously things like capitalism and all of that, it's always been favored to profit one race because one race has always been the normal race, right? Um, I know when I was young and I had a crayon and I was coloring pictures of, of people, I always used to color uh, using the peach color. Remember that one, Glenn? Yeah. Peach color. <laughs> every would... human, every human I painted was with a peach color. I mm. hardly, I hardly ever had to, 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 to use a crayon on a black person. And in fact, if I did, I, I can remember now that it didn't feel as fulfilled as the one with the peach color. Peach color was always the first. So that's how I've grown up and how I, you know, those things have been built. But what I need people to see is exactly that, that those were the problematic issues, those specific things, you know, when your primary school teacher said something or when your high school said, and teachers are the most racist people, like primary school teachers are the worst. Like primary school teachers really, they eat off racism. They are like, and I'm not, obviously I'm talking about the racist ones. So please primary school teachers stop coming after me. But the racist primary school teachers are racist and I've seen them and I've experienced them as well. And we need to start looking at those things and saying, oh, wow, that's actually an injustice. And yeah. Hannah, you need to stand up and say, wait, what did you say? Stop that. Yeah. And the best way of doing that is understanding that racism isn't always overt, right? It's also covert. It's also deep. It's also undercover. And I think part of it is you just being with a black person often or, 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 or reading or understanding, then you'll get the nuances, you know, when the white woman clutches her bag ever so slightly, right, that it doesn't seem obvious. But I can see it because I'm black and I know what she's doing. But you can't see it because you're white and you don't know what she's doing. So to you, it just seems like someone moving out the way. But to me, it's someone that's moving out the way because of fear, because they know what type of a person that I could be. And those types of things, when you start seeing that, then you really start seeing racism. When someone shouts out, hey, you nigger, that's not racism in, in, in that we complain about. Because I can deal with that one. Don't call me a nigger. I'm going to punch you in the face. Boom. Now. Right? I can do something about it. But the one which is so slight, you know, where someone refers to you as they, you know, you, you're one of them. You, you're one of the good ones. Things like that. When you start hearing it, that's when really, as a white person, you start understanding, oh shit, my people are actually racist. And you'll find it with a lot of people, your family members, your, and it's deep. It's a tough truth to come to. It's tough having to find out that your family members are actually full of absolute nonsense. It's tough, but it happens. And you have to be able to tackle it and help them understand from, from our point of view as well. That's what I'd say to a lot of my white people out there that think I'm blaming them. We're not blaming you or your whole race. We're not yeah. condemning you. In fact, I'm not even condemning racists as people. No, I'm condemning their racial acts. If a person comes to me and says, I used to, I used to be pure racist and I, and I couldn't see it for the life of me, but now I can see it and damn. Then I'll be like, come here for a hug, bruh. Come in, come in for some cuddles. That's all I'm saying. Not yeah. saying that those people should be put to death or whatever. Absolutely not. We're saying, please see it. And I'm not going to vilify you for telling me you see it. 
if you see a lot of black people, we're so welcoming to it. When a white person comes and says sorry, it's the best thing ever. That's all we want. We just want to be seen as humans. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not to be put up there. Nothing else. Just as equal humans. That's what I'd say to my lovely people. Yeah. <clears throat> Len, what's what's your opinion? If um, I mean, Kai just touched upon it a little. So, like, if you had would give advice for me and Karen now, for example, or everyone to our, of our listeners, which we hope that they take it on, on a on the smaller scale, friend to friend, like me and Karen to you guys, or you know whoever there. What's the concrete advice, or what would you also give to educate, support? indeed figure out those those tiny things as Kai talked about maybe what what would you wish for uh, if I was to, yeah if I was to look at like my group of white friends right I, I'd say uh, I want you to do the stuff you expect me to do mm -hmm. right to do for me so for example um, like they would they'll invite me to a party right mm -hmm. But then they're playing like rock and music that I will not enjoy. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Uh, but if, see, I always feel like I'm more, um, what's the flexible. word? Yeah, exactly. More flexible, right? So if they come, I'll make sure that, you know, they're comfortable because I know, you know, I'm, they're in a more, you know, black environment where we do our thing. So I'll mm -hmm. play, I'll also play some music that they'll enjoy. But when it's me who's coming there, it's literally like, hey, just fit in. Like, what we're doing is the right way. So, you know, fit into that. So, so for me, that's the biggest thing. Obviously, when we play football together, that's fine. Like, that's not a problem because that's universal. But uh, for, for stuff like parties, uh, I'll be like, yo, like, if because I'm literally the only black guy at this party. If you were to come as the only white guy at a black party, which you don't, by the way, you know like how would you how would you feel in that in that situation so um so a lot of the time i end up not going to those parties i just play football uh you know play football with them and you know but that's that's about it so that that for me that's the only thing i'd say um you do just be more flexible and um you know with with our culture and stuff you like you know yeah, that's that's pretty much. Because I can't imagine people saying to that. Then it's like when you move to another country and you're the one that's supposed to adjust because you wanted to move there. Yeah, I'm gonna bluntly compare it because I know people would bring up the argument saying, "Well, if you go to that to that party and it's like the way they party, why are you not adjusting?" But I think what we ask the whole what the whole thing is about the empathy now, yeah. like move that extra step now. It's not about like what it would be like. It's about you know it's yeah and I get Anna, the, reason, the reason why you, the reason why a lot of uh a lot of uh white people also maybe in african countries or or and all of that that even in america the reason why the white americans exist um is because of a past which meant that they came and took land which wasn't theirs and that's a fact and that's something that no racist person likes to argue like mm -hmm. it's a thing it's there we know it happened uh, and people always like to say it's from the past, but it's the reason why you're sitting here, right? So, you know, when we talk about being flexible, right? I think black people were pretty damn flexible. Extremely. 
extremely flexible. To a fault. Like, to a fault, actually. To a massive fault. That's part of our problem. That we're always told when is the right time to not be flexible, to be flexible, to do this, to protest, to not complain. When is the right time? And we've been so flexible um, throughout history. In fact, in South Africa, we're so flexible that after apartheid, right, we started a thing called the TRC, the Truth Reconciliation uh, Commission, where they said that any white person who may have committed any crimes during apartheid, no matter what they were, can come up uh, and apologize for them, repent in, fl- in front of the family, whatever they want, and say sorry, and they'll never be charged for it. The uh, slates will be wiped clean and we move along, right? I need you to understand how much flexibility that is, right? My friend, one of my good friends, Khoti um, uh, Chikani, he was, uh, his father was second, in, uh, he was the right-hand man to Tabumbeki, he was the former president of South Africa. And his father was part of apartheid. And the man who poisoned his clothes during apartheid, causing him to have um, uh, uh, diseases and all of that stuff, he had to stand up there and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I did it, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And there was absolutely no justice done to that person. The only thing that they got was they got a chance to loosen their guilt, get rid of their guilt, get acceptance, and move on. But I don't think that person bats an eyelid to say what I did was really wrong to black people. That he mm-hmm. said that event was wrong. And just so people can, I can get this off my chest because it's called guilt and people love doing that. And that's how flexible black people are, right? Yeah. Right after every colonization, we have said, oh, white people, we need to coexist. We can live together. You can keep what you keep. We try and move around the resources a lot better. That's how flexible black people are, right? Um, and when we go to work, right, we have to drop our, yo, what's up, bruh, attitude. Yo, what's up, my homie? When we're at work, good day, Kevin. How are you doing, Kevin? No, sir, absolutely not. No, the business. That's how flexible black people are. Because if we say, yo, what's up at work, we're seen as what? Gangster, unruly. That's how flexible, right? With thugs, right? That is how flexible black people are. So I don't buy the flexibility argument. I don't buy the, just because you're there, you need to behave almost just like them. No, if it's something that's inherently bad, mm-hmm. then why are we arguing it? It's not, it's, it's not an argument, it's simple. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I'm glad you <clears throat> went on top of that. I'm more saying like, that could be arguments out there. And how sad is that? And how, not even sad, it's just, yeah. well. It's just bizarre. Yeah. I really don't understand it, that, why why are people arguing against racism like i don't you know like why it shouldn't be a topic <laughs> it should just be a normal because because racism is linked to power and yeah, when you start being racist you give away power immediately that's the feeling that people get yeah. that's also probably a def- yeah, the definition of racism for some people as well like yeah, some people exactly. might it might seem like it, it's the, ex, the extreme racism is what racism is, and the other little things in between, like clutching your handbag, like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Or asking a black person if they live there, just because they're black. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, 
all those things will be like, nah, that's not racist. I'm just, you know, it's security, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, something which a lot of white cops love to say is, do you understand why I did that? Do you understand what you did wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's something which a lot of, it's also primary school white teachers love saying that to black kids, right? So they do something inherently wrong. We react, but we overreact. And then we're told, do you see, do you, under, do you understand why you're in trouble? Do you understand what you yeah. did wrong? Without actually even first saying, okay, what actually happened over here? This is what I said. I see what actually, I see how he reacted. I see what's going on. But, and then that's where the angry black man, angry black woman type of label comes across, you know, which is always why we have to keep quiet because we don't want to be seen as that, you know? So we're always like, ah, oh, fine. Now's not the time. I'll keep quiet. And it's easy not to be angry if the bullshit doesn't happen to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's so Constantly. easy not to be angry. Like, it's just so unfair. <laughs> Like, from the get-go, you've been put in a box in the corner. Exactly. And I just... Oh. You know, so, I mean, it's... It's, 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 uh, it's something that we have to stop seeing as just a horrible thing. Yeah. And just start addressing it ASAP. And, and, and not even argue with things which are not worth arguing for, you know. Um tearing down statues, changing history books, uh, looking at how problematic history is being taught, um, how we pick what type of history we teach, all those things, there's no arguments. Those are things that make only sense to the human race, I think. Um, we just, yeah, we need to see more color and respect more color. That's what we need to do. That's, yeah, exactly. I think you worded it well there. It's like, it, we're one race. That's the thing. It's just the color right. of the different thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and People that's need the to thing. get over that's themselves. The, yeah. Power and the, like having that feeling of superiority. Like, it's just, no yeah. one, why, you, you're not better than someone else yeah. for and that reason. That, that's, and you know, that's why we, you know, in, in my point of view, that's why we're called the human race, right? We called ourselves the human race because we, we, we feel we're superior and that's where the power comes from, you know? Yeah. That's why it's not the animal race, they're animals, yeah. right? We're not the same thing, you know? We, we, we are a race, like you're saying, just one race with power to change our own planet and to make the right changes for, for, for everyone. But we must never be naive and think that we aren't different. Of course yeah. we're different, but that's exactly what makes us so special. And that's what colonialists knew made us so special. So they had to change us, you know. Mm. Um, we, we can't be, um, you know, together and, and different together in different parts. No, we have to be separated and be like them, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I also use the example of in Africa and in China. Well, China is better, actually. But if you look in Africa, we are supposed to eat with our hands, right? Mm -hmm we are supposed to sit down on the floor as a family or whatever and eat with our hands and share everything we have, right? But what do we do? We eat with one plate, with a fork and a knife, the Western way that doesn't represent collectivism, but represents an individualistic culture. This is my mm -hmm. food. 
I'm going to dish what I want on my plate and that's it, right? But normally when we're with our families, right? Someone is passing on the bread from the other side. Someone's passing on this from the other side. We're using our hands. We're doing, you know, there's someone is dipping their hands in the beef curry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they go, if you see the Indian ladies going in at it, it's beautiful to see. But that is the collective nature. And then when the colonialists come in, right, they realize that these guys are too strong when they're together. They understand each other too much. And then they start individualizing us, you know, and for me, that's best representation. Just how we eat is, 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 is part of that. And that is the power struggle that we were talking about. We need to see that every person of color has been dominated by a white force at so many stages. And that's why we sit with this inequality we have now. Yeah. You know, it's the only way to explain it. Mm. I think that's been a good way. Glenn, do you want to add something to it? No, no. Just nah, it's just... <laughs> I agree. No, I think that was... <laughs> I'd, I'd just echo what he just said if I said anything more. <laughs> mm. But Kai, I have just another question for you then, actually, because you speak so well on the topic. Actually, both of you do, of course. Um, but Kai, you're in an interracial relationship. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and has this topic not necessarily just racism but the whole movement with how it's like blown up again um, mm -hmm. in the past month has this become more of a trending dinner conversation within the last week yeah we we talk about it uh, a whole lot more yeah um, and i think for some of us black men who have uh white um uh, women or vice versa um, I think we speak for all our partners when we say that the reason why we're with our partners is because they are able to empathize with who we are, what we are and how we do things. They're able to bring themselves to our houses our cultures and deeply immerse themselves and never feel scared, never feel like know that these are black people and they do things differently but i am not scared of what that culture has to bring of course there are other people that's literally why i'm in this um and that is the one thing which our partners have shown us they've never had to say it but we've just seen it you know um if someone is prepared to share a life and have a child with you then you must understand that they are not afraid of you. They are not afraid of your people. They, they are totally in this. And when we have our conversations, it's great because we're basically agreeing half the time. Um, I love people that agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, Which is why um, I'm shocked how much you love me. <laughs> yeah, he's always disagreeing with me. Um, <laughs> Except but, just now, you just, he just said, oh, nothing to add. He, he's good, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> you can see he was struggling. He struggled to say that. He's like, I, you know, I man, wish I could uh, say something. <laughs> yeah, man, look, you speak truth, man. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, for us, we have the conversation often and all of that. And the conversation is normally her asking me, but what, what is this? Why? Like, why do we see things from this perspective? Like, what is going on? And a lot of the her times, her saying, I'm so embarrassed of my people. 
And half the time is me saying being embarrassed of your people isn't enough because no one actually cares about your embarrassment. If they don't eat food at your house, they don't care about your embarrassment. If they don't have to look at you in the eye every day, they don't care about your embarrassment, right? But what you need to do is you need to embarrass them or not embarrass them as a as a goal but you need to make them uncomfortable in places which they in places which will kill them the most and that's the only way that you can get your point across um and also she knows i'm never talking to her because she's not racist so she doesn't have any sort of emotional feelings around me saying what i say you know my facebook posts uh how vocal i am because i literally say to her Jesus Christ, white people are damn messed up, aren't they? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah agreed. Yeah. And 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 that's for me, that's perfect because she has gains and she has an understanding of the fundamentals of what we're dealing with here. She doesn't have some stupid thing which says, if you are saying that black people are like this, then you're automatically saying white people are bad. No. She just understands that we are we're having a conversation. So it's easier to talk to her. It's easier to have this conversation um, without feeling any type of way. Um, yeah. So it's, it's actually, yeah, it's been, for me, it's been good. It's, it's, it's been good actually. What you, what you just said is interesting. So um, with the whole, it's not enough to, you know, to feel disgusted, but if you actually, go ahead and check some of the some of the white people that actually makes a difference because i remember one of the podcast episodes i had i was i was talking about how how we treat women like how we can improve on that and uh one of and then i got a an instagram gm from one of my friends and he was saying yo dude uh so i was listening to the to your your episode the it was like a men and trash episode or something and he was like my my I realized how I treat my girlfriend sometimes. And I went, you know, we were listening to the episode together. And then, uh, and then I told her like, yo, like Flip, I'm sorry. Like I realized what, what you were doing. And then she says, like, I've been telling you for the longest time, you know, that this is what you do, but you don't, you know, you weren't really seeing it. But, mm-hmm. but, and then he was, then he was serious telling me like, thanks dude. Like sometimes it's, sometimes you realize uh, what you're doing if you're told by someone in a similar situation, like a man telling a man something, right? Yeah. Compared mm-hmm. to a woman. Because if a woman tells you, sometimes you can be like, nah, you're being dramatic, you mm-hmm. know, because you, you're not really experiencing it. And you're like, nah, what you're saying, like you're being dramatic. Uh, so same thing with race, where if we say it, it's like, nah, man, you're being dramatic. That's not how it is. But if someone who's in a similar uh say power level or something to says it then you listen to it more and you like flip okay if you're saying it then i must be missing something that kind of thing so yeah so i definitely agree that imagine 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 trump was pro-black yeah and he said everything he needed to say and he supported the movement do you understand how many people will be looking at their president and thinking oh wow and if he articulated the points mm-hmm. that we make perfectly empathizing with us, do you know how much of a massive shift that would make? Yeah, the impact would, would be crazy. The impact would be crazy because the, the flip side is MAGA's impact 
is crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, imagine absolutely. if you had to just flip that and have something totally positive, which makes sense, you know, like, and, and Glenn, you, you just hit nail on the head, bang. If someone is in the similar situation, it's much easier to hear it from them, you know, yeah. way, way, way easier because you, like you're saying with the girlfriend thing, the moment you say you're being dramatic, you've dismissed Mm-hmm. Everything, everything she's going to say after <laughs> no matter what she says nothing's going to have yeah. an impact because you've just dismissed everything as dramatic when she gets angry you're like yeah but i just said you're dramatic though like i just said this okay you're being dramatic right now okay but you're still dramatic you know like so you yeah. just minimize everything you know and and that's the same thing you it's a brick wall type of a situation when a white person says things to me i'm just like yeah but you're not seeing from my point of view it's like yeah but your point of view is not need enough it's like but it is but it's not but it is and then <laughs> nothing gets solved because they don't want right. to hear you they actually don't want to hear you they're not even how how is a black person which how's a white person who's never seen a black person as a normal person going to listen to a black person yeah. this is never going to happen you know <clears throat> so yeah and that's why Back. it's so important that we don't only show embarrassment but speak up and like talk to our own people our own white people filter out the people that might have something to learn but not with hate that's exactly yeah you know not with hate but with education the Mm -hmm. hate can come after but first try the education try the last resort yeah hate is the last resort because hate just means actually that you actually want to just not solve the issue you want to get rid of the issue yeah. Um, and, and, and that is the most important thing that people need to realize. We're not, we don't hate white people. We're not anti-white. We're just pro-black. We're trying not to die on these streets <clears throat> as a we're result just... of white people. That's all we're saying. Yeah. And that's fair. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> like, you just, I mean, honestly, you know, it's like <laughs> the, the word you just said, we're just trying to not die on the streets. Yeah. You know, like, Everyone like should have that right to not die in the streets <laughs> just like because they're like going around there, you know. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, <sighs> and I like also then like we're not anti-white, we're just pro-black. Like it's not. I think that's again it comes to that power thing. I feel like racism. People think it's a war almost between two. Yeah. yeah. Just please understand us and empathize with us. It's all, it's all about the empathy and just let's sit down, let's have a conversation and with uncomfortability, you don't grow in comfortable situations. You have to have the, un- like, be uncomfortable to grow. So, and that applies to everything. So why not just, yeah, don't go like, hate is not the first resort. That's definitely the last, last, last resort. And then just say, even if, so basically what I've understood from you guys, and you can tell me if I'm incorrect, but what you'd maybe advise is say you have someone who yeah maybe isn't a super like fanatical racist but they say maybe racist things or like you know um what was it covertly racist you could just say let's sit down let's have a conversation i want to hear your point of view you hear my point of view and let's talk it through is that one way that perhaps people could just start start it i think the first the first question should just always be what's up what's wrong yeah, yeah. what what's 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 the problem because a lot of the times you find there's actually nothing to it 
there's there's no actual weight to it there's no real reason why someone is racist they just have no idea that they are and it's harder to face the truth because it Mm -hmm. feels like when someone calls you racist it's the end of the world you are now banished and cancelled off the face of this earth and that's i think part of the problem as well when i say bro you are a racist it's almost like no you know and i think maybe that's part of it that we need to start saying that if we want to educate, then we truly need to then kind of, I don't know, not reform, but, you know, temper our use of the word racist Mm -hmm. um, when you're referring to a person, because that is what generally the problem is. Do not call me a racist. Yeah. The person doesn't understand why they're racist, actually. They don't even understand what, what, what you mean. And just the fact that you called them a racist is something Good that's point. so crashing to them mm-hmm. that before they even try empathize, they're like, huh? You just called me racist? Yeah, I'm they're not, not listening racist. to anything after that. But everything else you're saying to me now does not count because I'm not a racist. It's and like being called a sexist. Yeah, it's like being called a sexist, yeah. yeah. Automate, mm-hmm. no, I treat... Oh, no, I treat all women fairly. What, what, what do you mean? Nah, 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 I'm, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> like so, yeah. and, and people just feel offended by, by that term, I think, because also it's been so sugar-coated throughout history. We haven't called enough people racists through enough history. So now all of a sudden we're opening this can of racist and now everyone's just like, you're racist and everybody racist and everyone's just <laughs> like, no, 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 chief, I'm not. You know, I wasn't a, you know, a, a slave trade owner. I wasn't there. Like, I'm not, I wasn't there, you know. But then it's like, no, 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 no. Sometimes it's not the word itself and whatever. It's just the mindset. Think about your own mindset and let's talk about it. And I think what you're saying, just grabbing people and saying, listen, let's have a conversation. What's up? What's the reason? What's going on? What's, what's the problem? Let's have a conversation. Why do you... And, and, and try and put them in certain situations, which is why I like uh, Jane. Is that her name? The, the old British lady? Jane, I think, right? Jane? From which... where? Yeah, the... like, a bit more context. <laughs> <laughs> she is the only British la- old British lady people love at the moment. She's the lady that does those um, anti-racism... Uh, uh, courses where she puts white people in black people in a oh, country. Yeah, right, 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 and then right, she calls right. them out. She's like super, mm-hmm. like super strict. Like she's bang on with everything she does. You should watch. I'll send you a link. Is that the school. old school one. Yeah, the old school one. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, absolutely that. amazing because what she's able to do is she's able to put. So she separates people by the category of their eye color, right? Mm-hmm. So she says if you blue blue eyes, you go one side. If you're brown eyes you go one side and then immediately she starts as people are coming if you're blue eyes she starts treating you like how black people are treated so Ah. she's she's mean she tells you to go away to go sit down eventually she puts she locks them in a room and just leaves them there no food nothing just leaves them there for like two hours right these are all volunteers that come they don't they, they they're being obviously paid something so they just come yeah, to like social experiment vibes. Social experiment vibes, yeah. So, <clears throat> and also if you're angry, you don't want you can leave. Uh, and then she treats the the people with the brown eyes, irrespective of whether they're white with brown eyes or not. 
but she treats them with a bit more respect and whatever. And when she's separated, she instructs the brown-eyed people to be as aggressive racially. So basically how they are treated in society is how they need to treat the blue eyes. And also remember now the blue eyes are the minority because it's less of them and the other ones are a lot. So as soon as they come out of their room, they're already angry because they're privileged because they shouldn't be locked in a room. Um, and they don't understand what's going on. Why are all the black people out here and, and, and all these other people? Why do they get special treatment? And then she attacks them, literally. You know, no, you sit on the floor. You don't get a chair. That chair's for the brown-eyed people. You sit on the floor. Uh, you're a piece of trash. And she puts them in those situations. And these guys, now you can see the white privilege is now seething and it's coming out, you know. We will not stand for this. What is this? This is shocking. You're rude, ma'am. You're rude, yeah. ma'am. You're so rude. And, and you can see all of those things starting to play out. Um, and then you start seeing the brown-eyed people a little bit um, restrained in how they approach, right? They don't want to ruin the status quo. They, they, they're a bit afraid of how they, they're all just looking at each other. <clears throat> and you get the same feeling. That's how black people are. We are not built to, a, to attack, to speak up against white people because they're all in positions of power and we know what we might lose. And that's generally how we feel. And that's what the whole experiment is. Then you have, you know, some white brown-eyed people now trying to protect their own kind. And, and all of this, and you start seeing it from a very confrontational perspective, where now you have brown-eyed white people who actually believe in a cause, actually telling the blue-eyed people how much privilege and how much nonsense that they put these people through every time, and that their feeling that they're feeling right now is exactly what these people feel every single day for the last 500 years. And it's and that's the, the, what Jane tries to portray. And for you guys, the best way to do it is always to put people in a situation where, like what I do on Facebook, you want to see mm -hmm. a postcard? You want to see a postcard? Here's a postcard of a lynching. A white person saying, here's the barbecue we had of a black person burning, hanging from somewhere. This was a postcard which you sent to your family to mm -hmm. say, happy holidays, right? And that, people are seeing that and saying, what? You know, pictures of 1950s Belgium. Yeah. Little black kids in zoos, in cages. What? 1955? Are you mad? Like, aren't our parents, like, you know, I've got people with parents who were born, you know, wow. around that time. Grandparents born at that time. That's like yesterday. That's not a long time ago. And people want to see, act, act like it's really a long time ago. And I understand a lot of places are reformed, but the Belgians were one of the most racist you know, mm. countries with the stuff that they did worldwide and, you know, the impact they left in, in different countries and stuff. But that perspective is so important to see. Yeah. I think. And you need to encourage people to see that perspective. Look, look at it. It's yeah. here. Can you, can you explain why we still have a game called Chopped Up Niggas online? Can you explain why that game is still there to be bought mm -hmm. for purchasing? You can buy it. What's the purpose of that game? Right? It's a Jim Crow game. It's probably the worst. Okay. Why is it there? Things like that, you know. You say racism is gone, but the game's still online. Children can still buy this. People can still see this. Why is it on there? It's not even there in a context. It's just there as a board game. So, you know, that's, that's what I'd say with, with those types of conversations. Make think, it personal. Yeah. I also just fear, and I don't know what you're guys opinions on this as well I think you touched on it a bit earlier like 
the fact that it's now a big movement again and maybe that is because people are at home more and they're ha they yeah, have to look at it more but do you think things are different this time or do you think perhaps it's like a certain speech marks like a social media trend because my fear is that people just they always go with the hype for a couple of weeks or a month or a bit longer and then it goes but this thing it's it's this racism and systemic racism and it's been with us for hundreds of years it's not just going to go in a month like what's your opinion yeah. on that because and then maybe what do you hope the world then gets from this and maybe even gets from yeah learning about this yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't think yeah obviously like you said it's not going to go in a month but um mm -hmm. It's uh, if it sparks the process, at least for, um, like I like 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 I said before, like for white people to start talking about it within themselves as well, mm -hmm. you know. Then if we if we manage to start that process, then we'll we'll make real progress. Yeah. But as far as black people, we I mean we 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 say it all the time. It's not it's not a seasonal thing like with the black like like the Black Lives Matter movement. We say it all the time. Yeah. Kai says it all the time. If you if you guys are Facebook friends with Kai, he says it all the time. So yeah. <clears throat> I think real 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 change will come about with um, internal white dialogue. So hopefully that that's that starts now. Okay. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. The moment I think we stop coming back from from work and bursting and having arguments about why our bosses and our colleagues were racist to us to our wives and husbands at home you know and that can only be brought on by the you know white people realizing what is actually going on that's i think that's the only way we can have any type of change any type of anything um it's it's the only way because we can't be we're done explaining our our perspective it's all we ever do yeah. it's all we've ever been doing every single day so you know it's now up to the good white people out there or yeah. the good people with power the good people with influence to try and make everyone see that there's nothing anti-white about this literally my kids are going to be half white yeah. to put it as crude as possible um, my white girlfriend is perfect the way she is and I don't care anything about that and if everyone can have the same type of perspective but actually live it um, then it'll be fine yeah I, I think say. yeah I think that's been good last words that's been a long conversation a well needed conversation though and I guess the takeaway mm -hmm. is that you guys have been now put on a stage like to suddenly explain everything, but no, it's up it's up to all of us, like people like me and Karen, just really sit down internally. And we've been talking about this a lot, how we can easily say, Oh, we're with you guys, but then we gotta have sit down, reflect on everything we say. Yeah. Um, and do and like how we are and I guess um it's time to open call them conversations, out. reflections, call them out, talk yeah. to everyone and fight the fight with you more so yeah. for you because you've been fighting it for yeah. years and years and centuries and um, it's time that things change now.
guys, I thank you so much for your time. This has been really good explanations, good stories, good comparisons, I think. Hugely insightful. Yeah, mm -hmm. for everyone to at least take one thing away from it, you know? If we could have just used this platform for one person to have made some sort of impact, then that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah, this is the this is the right thing to do. Right thing. Thanks. That's good to hear. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay safe and stay sane. You'll hear from us next time. Bye guys.